and Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. Uh, well, Ulysses, first things first, the most important thing here is I experienced recently uh, about as close as what I think it would feel like to lose to a cheating team like the Houston Astros or Boston Red Sox, because that happened in my recreational softball league game the other day. They don't, they don't ban trash cans over there? Oh, it wasn't a matter of trash cans. This, is, this might be more egregious than trash okay. cans. This might be a general manager cheating scandal where uh, the team that hadn't won many games at all during the regular season, we were undefeated, in fact, and we just absolutely crushed and blew teams out. Uh, for the final, for the playoffs, they decide to call up a bunch of ringers, guys who played in college, uh, <laughs> guys who played high-level high school ball, and beat us pretty good. I mean, it was a competitive game, but this team, I mean, this was like Monstars level stuff. So it was, uh, like, uh, the bench warmers, the guy's yes. like, no, I'm 12. It's like a yeah. grown ass man. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, that's basically what it is. <laughs> and I'm still stewing about that. Uh, I'm going to call up, uh, Rob, uh, Rob Manfred and see what type of punishment he'll give. He'll probably give him a pass. Of course, maybe, right. uh, you got to give them a pass. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, uh, you know, forfeit a run or something like that, yeah. but he's not going to alter the record book. So <laughs> this team uh, won the championship in my mind with an asterisk, but I thought I would go. get that out of the way. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I guess I've got to, I've got to feel salty. for teams like the Dodgers, you know, that, yeah. that lose to cheaters and such. That's so, right. Um, all right, we are continuing rolling through our 2020 player reviews. Today, we have Austin Meadows and Trevor Richards. Ulysses, I will let you to, uh, take it away with Mr. Meadows. Okay, so Austin Meadows, 2019's co-MVP uh, for that race team. He had a slash line this year of 205, 296, 371. So first things first, underwhelming, mm-hmm. underachieving. Um, let's look a little bit deeper, though. Uh, that walk rate did increase from uh, 2019. So that's always nice to see when that happens. The strikeout rate uh, increased, too. But instead of 2%, like the walk rate did, it increased 10%. Struck out 10% uh, more at 33% in mm-hmm. 2020. Uh so let's unpack this a little bit further with the exit velocity. The exit velocity actually stayed, stayed the same at 90.3 in 2019 at 90.4. 
So it, it's kind of odd, right? So he starts to 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 walk a little bit more, strikes out a heck of a lot more. That he's still hitting the ball hard. So what's happening? I I looked at the barrel percentage, and it definitely dropped by more than four percent. So what does that tell us? It, it tells us Kevin, that although Austin was still hitting the ball as hard as he was in 2019. He wasn't making that sweet barrel contact through the zone that provides for extra base hits, including those dingers that we so missed from Austin Meadows' 2019 season. So because of this, I think he tried to overcompensate not only by swinging wildly at times, pitches that he didn't have to swing at, which increased that strikeout uh, rate, but also look at his launch angle. In 2018, it was 13.7. In 2019, it's 16.7. You can say, okay, well, there was an increase there. But in 2020, the launch angle increased to 24.2. Unreal. So Mm -hmm. he was trying to compensate by not getting through the zone with that barrel by not only swinging at pitches that made him strike out more, but also just trying to lift the ball because he wasn't getting that barrel contact. So... All in all, let's remember this as he started the season with COVID. He didn't join the team right away with uh, in the summer camp and then missed, I think, around 10, 11 games in the beginning. He only played around, uh, he played 36 games in the regular season. So there was some time missing there. He did get COVID. You don't get the same feel for, 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 for the game when you have to FaceTime and 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 be uh, outdoors and all of that, that that you have to do when you have COVID and, and you can't go into the, the the facilities that you that you want to do and you, and you train and all that. So I think that definitely hurt him. Now this is not to excuse him, but it's just to kind of explain what's happening here. Thirty six games. Let's look at twenty nineteen, everybody. If anybody has time to look at his twenty nineteen season and you split it by months. He basically was a little bit better than his worst month of June 2019 when he had a slash line of 206, 274, 299 for a 573 OPS. So the power was still there in 2019. The power was not there in 2020, but he did have a better walk rate and he had a little bit better contact. So what can we, how can we summarize uh, Austin Meadows' 2020 season? I feel like, he tried to overcompensate by lifting more uh, on the launch angle, by swinging at pitches more because he wasn't getting the results that he that he needed. This is 36 games. If an all-star, a co-MVP, can have a month as putrid as he did in June, I think a, a, a player can have 36 games, almost as many games Um as putrid as that in a, in a very short 2020 season, not only a, a very short 2020 season, Kevin, but for him, for him as well, 36 games. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 re, I understand the frustration and, and how he did underachieve in those 36 games, but let's, I don't think it's time to, to say Austin Meadows is finished. I don't think that's the right, the no. right thing to do. I agree. And we should also mention uh, the postseason was Brandon Lau-esque. It was a continuation of that really struggling regular season for Austin Meadows. 
Uh, Ulysses, we made a reference at the top of the show to trash cans and the Houston Astros. Austin Meadows should use a trash can and just throw this season in the garbage, forget it ever happened, and move on from it. I wonder if, like, him, and I'm sure there are other players in baseball that if they were even wondering and fully expecting there to be a season in 2020, because we remember when he showed up uh, for workouts and such, he was enjoying the, the fishing lifestyle, the Miller lights, the boating, a little bit of a gut to him. Like he was, he was not uh, in elite ball player shape, if you will. And I think not to make excuses for him, but you hit on it. The, the COVID-19 missing almost all of summer camp, plus the first two weeks of the season. And then mid-September, he has that oblique strain, which probably carried in to the postseason as well. And look, you look at what he did in 2019, which was an MVP-like caliber season, and he went through some extended slumps there. I mean, he really had two months, I mean, 50-plus games where he was hitting around the Mendoza line. So we have to acknowledge that Meadows, too, is – can go through streaks where one month they'll hit 370, another month they'll hit 210. So we have to keep that in mind as well. But um, I, I, the points you brought up about um, the, the launch angle and strikeout rate really hits home because if you look at his highlights, a lot of like, yeah, he, he's making good contact, but he's just underneath it. Right. Fly, you know, just towering fly balls and and every once in a while when he did connect it was more of a line drive swing and he'd hit the ball out of the ballpark and then he was just swinging at more stuff this year inside the zone outside the zone he was just trying to be aggressive trying to i think make things happen um and and trying to kind of be a hero at times we really didn't need to be and we also noticed that yeah and we also noticed that you know if there's one thing that really stood out to me as far as the approach and and how he handled things was uh, those pitches down in a way really, really got him um, for, for a large portion of the season as well. I love that you say that, Kevin, the hero version. What did everybody say during those first, uh, well, the last like week of summer camp and then the first two weeks of the season? Everything was like, when is Austin Meadows going to yes. come back? When is Austin going to come back? When is Austin going to come back? I think that's a, a bit of pressure for, for a player who hasn't been there, done that for a long time. We mentioned how after the All-Star game was finished, Austin himself said, yeah, it really did get to me, the whole All-Star mentions. And, mm-hmm. you know, you could look at his June, which is the one that I tried to uh, compare his season this year to that, which instead of being 36 games, it was 27 games. And it's just as bad as, as his season this year. Right. It got to him, he said. The All-Star mentions the MLB Network and the, the Twitter, the, the Instagram mentions all of that. It really got to him, right? Okay. Well, what's the season like in 2020? Where is Austin Meadows? Where's the MVP? The team is not hitting. The team has a negative record right now. They need Austin Meadows. Where's the MVP? Mm-hmm. You get there, maybe not ready enough to see pitches, maybe not healthy enough uh, to, to, to put on the uniform for nine innings, but you're expected to do so. You're expected to produce like an MVP. Uh, if it hit him to just be named an all-star when he's just crushing the ball, how could it not affect him when he's not ready to play ball and he's expected to. I feel like right. there, there, there's a, a, characteristic, a characteristic here 
uh, on his personality. And it might be that he might not really like the limelight, the spotlight. He might not be that, that kind of guy, which is completely okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a, a kid from, you know, smaller town, Georgia, kind of hometown backwoods type of guy that when all this flash is thrown at him, how he adjusts and handles that. And he's still young in the league. I mean, he, he hasn't been around all that long. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, been a pro for a while in the minor leagues and such, but it's, it's not like he's been a five, six, seven year veteran or anything like that. I'm just chomping at the bit. Like if we can get Austin Meadows, Brandon Lau, Randy on the same page all at Ooh. once, like what we have a legitimate middle of the order. Like, <laughs> Finally, <laughs> no, you don't have to do any workarounds here. You don't have to do no platoons needed really for those guys. If they're all on at the same, oh. that could be a lot of power in the middle of the order, you know, I, I'm sure they probably have one guy batting lead off another guy batting fifth. Can you add guys around you know, and everything, but can you add wonder into that, that threesome right there? My goodness. We can add them in 2022, buddy. <laughs> no, no. We said 2021 September call-ups. That's our prop bet. September call-up. That's true. That's most of 2021 wander, not <laughs> in uh, raise action there. Okay. So grade, for Austin Meadows, Ulysses, get the red pin out. What are you doing here with this guy? 69, D+. Plus. And it's a D-plus that uh, I am so fine and given out because I know it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. I, I think uh, there are a section of race fans who don't like Austin Meadows or uh, who are incredibly disappointed in him because of the 2019 season, uh, the 2020 season. That's not me. That's 36 games. That's 36 games. So that's, that's nothing. That's a month. And he's already proven that in an MVP type month, he could have a month like that. So I'm not worried at all. We have to grade everybody. We have right. to grade everybody. His postseason was even more putrid than the regular season. So I can't give him a passing grade for a C minus, which I wanted to because he's Austin, but I can't give him a passing grade when even in the postseason, you, you even stunk it up more than you did. Great home run. Don't get me wrong. In game right. five of the ALDS. Thank you for that, Austin. But we really needed a couple more of those, uh, not only during the regular season, but maybe in the postseason. That would have saved that grade. So, no, 69, D+. Plus. So, if he had a – if he didn't play the postseason, if it was just regular season, you would have given him a C-. minus. Is that correct? Yeah, like a 70, 71. Okay. And so his his future postseason just bumps him down a couple points to the exactly. Points. Wow, because so everybody sucks in the postseason. You're kinder to him than Brandon Lau because you gave Brandon Lau quite a hit after his. But is that because of the drop off from his MVP season well, and expectations and stuff? Well, I mean the drop off is considerable from what Brandon Lau did in the regular season to what he didn't do in the postseason. So Austin Meadows kind of kept in par. <laughs> honestly, he was bad almost. all year. He was bad the whole year. He oh, was a little God. bit worse in the postseason. Uh, but, yeah, no, not enough to to pass him. I, I, I think a D-plus is just right where he needs right. to be. I'm going to give him a D, solid D, leave it at that. No pluses, no minuses, little word of advice. Put down the fishing pole, pick up the dumbbell, get to work. This is time to get to work, buddy. <laughs> I don't need you to have a six pack. I just need you to be in a little bit better shape. Let him enjoy the the Michelob Ultras, man. Come on. He can enjoy them. He can enjoy one every once in a while. I don't need you pounding them when you should be, uh, you know, you should be in the lab 
getting training done and everything like that. So, okay. Uh, it's too early for me to give prop bets and things like that. So we'll, we'll, that'll be an episode for another time because I am curious to see how we can get a bounce back from Austin Meadows. All right, coming up next, we'll review the play of all right, Ulysses, moving on to the performance of pitcher Trevor Richards. Uh, he posted, according to baseball reference, a negative 0.5 war. Fangraphs actually give him a positive 0.1 war, interestingly. Uh, in 32 innings pitched, uh, four starts in nine games, Richards posted a, oh, wait for it, 591 ERA, 1.719 whip. With 27 strikeouts, he had a 497 FIP, a 72 ERA plus. His hits per nine were up. His home run rate was up. His walk rate was up, and his strikeout rate was down. So he got uh, considerably worse, all things considered, from 2019. Um, his pitch mix also was altered a little bit. Uh, he scrapped the cutter from last year and just went to the fastball change up and curveball throwing the fastball 51% of the time the change 31% and the curveball 18% of the time um of course this is what you need to know about Richards like he's got a really good change up the the downhill downward action breaking in on the righties but for the most part it's really really pedestrian stuff he is a batting practice pitcher. I hate to say it. He is your emergency, emergency, emergency starter. He is the, oh crap, we've got 10 injuries. We need a guy that can throw a ball. Let's call up Trevor Richards and have him pitch three and four innings. That is Trevor Richards for you. I'm sorry. He's got a great story how he was. I mean, if, if there's a, a story about being able to, I don't want to say necessarily overcome adversity, but being able to maximize what he has to offer. The fact that he was undrafted out of college and played an indie ball and he was a substitute teacher trying to work his way into a pro playing career and his stuff topping out a uh, fastball topping out at 91 really. Right. And to be able to make it to the majors and at least stick around in the majors, I think is an impressive storyline, but we got to be honest about Trevor Richards. He is, it would be ideal if he wasn't on the, the 25, the 26, or the 28-man roster for the race going forward. I 100% agree with what you said. I think it's a great story. I think it's awesome uh, as, a, as a personal story, but the numbers are just not there. And, yeah. Kevin, this is what worries me about losing a Charlie Morton because you can't put up 15 mil. Uh, what are we going to do as, as a fandom watching this, this, this team with, with the starting pitching? I know a lot of people are saying, well, you, you never mentioned Joe Ryan. You never mentioned all uh, Shane McClanahan, his options or, or Brandon McKay, like, cause they're question marks. Cause you right. don't know. Cause you don't know. And, and we, we don't even know if Josh Fleming is going to get a starting nod, uh, even though he, he probably should, but even yeah. then, there's still a there's still an, a, an opening, okay? Because Yanni, Yanni's not going to come back, so you still have a hole in the fifth starter position. And what? So you're going to give number four to Fleming, almost a rookie, and number five, a complete rookie who has never been a, a, in the major leagues. This is the problem with Trevor Richards: is that 
he is holding on to a a role that I think should be for a better pitcher and yeah. um, or somebody with better results. Honestly, Trevor Richards, he, he could work uh, an inning, maybe two, but he's not the guy that you you that you start a game with and you hope he can give you five uh, without much damage. I, I just don't have that trust in Trevor Richards to, to right. do that. He is as replacement level, probably as replacement level gets. Like, let's be honest, he's really at the end of the day, probably a quad A player, if that. And, you know, watching some of his clips and highlights, if you can call them highlights, because he got hammered a lot. Like, he didn't fool anybody, really. I mean, no matter the count, no matter the pitch, no matter where it was pitched, it was batting practice. He was serving up softballs. Guys were hitting the ball hard. And yeah. um, that might be one reason if there is something maybe a little bit in defense of Trevor Richards and why his numbers are so bad, maybe speaks to the FIP a little bit, is the Rays oddly made a lot of defensive mistakes and errors when he was on the mound. And maybe that was a byproduct of him giving up such hard contact. But like Renfro alone, like a couple balls just went past him. I mean, balls that you should be able to keep in front of you. I, I saw a clip where Willie Adamas forced out play pretty routine to home and he throws it over the catcher's head. Other things like that. Like it, it was just, there, there were probably a handful of times where like Trevor Richards was, got the, got the boot of a bad defense and that just extended his outing and his inning and just things kind of matriculate and go on from there. And of course, him getting into some trouble himself by you can't with his stuff or lack thereof you can't be walking two or three guys in your two no. or three innings that whip as well that yeah. whip by 1.8 is just not gonna cut it it's not gonna cut it especially if you have to um go through the lineup twice <laughs> no, right. no way you're you're gonna get out of there uh, on scathe uh, there used to be a, a saying in the twins um locker room around the 2004 to 2007 era, and you know where I'm going with this, is that Torrey Hunter, Michael Kadire, Joe Maurer, all of those guys, and Justin Murnau, they used to say, when Santana's on the bump, we all kind of look at each other and say, it's go time. Yeah. Like, we're going to go with our A-plus game. I don't think that is a, a novel thing that the Minnesota Twins of the 2004 to 2007 era came up with all by themselves. I think that's something in competitive sports. When you have your guy on the mound, you know that, Hey, this is important. When you have a Trevor Richards type, the silver Fox on the mound, I think, yeah. uh, You know, the competitive blood maybe flows a little bit differently. It kind of drowns a little bit. Like uh, we don't really have a shot here. It is, it is something instinctual that happens. And like, I, I didn't even mention Remember, I mean, this might have happened more than once, but Margot like dropped a routine fly ball when Trevor yeah. Richards was on the mound in center right. field, like a play he makes a hundred out of a hundred times and he drops that. So there, I think definitely is something to be said for that. Um, look, I think, you know, Trevor Richards really the, the best spot for him is to be like a pitcher a player coach type of a guy, a guy that is mentoring a little bit like, Hey, you, I made it to the majors. I can, I had a little bit of success. I got there with my crap stuff. 
You can get there too <laughs> if you do A, B, C, and D. Like he's a good story, I think, that maybe can inspire a little bit of wisdom to the young guns going forward. Maybe I'm just thinking that because he's a silver fox and the gray hair. And yeah, that's what it is. Past as a substitute teacher and everything like that. You're I judging that. him. You're, you're judging him by the hair that, that great yeah. uh, uh, silver fox mane. Look, I'm not there with Trevor, uh, Trevor, the silver fox Richards. I'm just saying, you know, I think he would be a very nice option for the Detroit Tigers uh, for right. the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, to kind of, uh, you know, we use. need a cheap guy that can throw innings. That's it. That's basically. it. And impart that's, a little bit of true. wisdom to yeah. a guy who's had a journey to get to the big leagues. Like um, a team that his, went to the World Series against the Dodgers and were eleven outs away from Game Seven should not give meaningful innings to Trevor Richards. And that's, there's a reason that he didn't pitch a single inning in the postseason. I believe was left off the roster. Well, rosters for what does that tell and, you? What does that tell you about yeah. people that, that are in the team and then you don't use them in the postseason? Yeah. They're not in your plans. They're not in your plans. Michael Perez was not in the race plans ever. Why? Because right. in important games, they didn't use him. And guess what? He's no longer with the team. So the, that, that yeah. should tell you something. The difference, though, of course, I think is the Rays probably could have used Michael Perez in the postseason, whereas Trevor Richards, I don't think had any yep. business being it near a postseason ball club whatsoever. I'm sorry, but that's just, Oh, it is what it you're is. So you're Trevor talking Richards. out of your new, know what? Cause you would have put Trevor Richards after Blake Snell in game six. You know what? You texted me. I ha- I still have that text. Yeah. You were like, when they're they bringing the silver Bring Fox instead of Anderson. Yeah. Have Richards go seven strong. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Um, <laughs> if you have time to look at baseball savant and Trevor Richards, uh, 2020 MLB percentile ranking uh, rankings. There's a lot of blue, which is not a good thing, which means uh, he was below average or poor in a lot of categories. I'm just highlighting a couple 31st percentile in exit velocity, 18th percentile in hard hit percentage, 17th percentile in strikeout rate, uh, 26th percentile in barrel percentage, 43 percentile in whiff percentage, 18th percentile in fastball velocity, 24th percentile in fastball spin and uh, five percentile in curveball spin. The curveball, I don't even know if you can call it a curveball. It's just a straight pitch. I mean, it almost looks like a changeup. Like, it is... Uh, I, what does BA say that it is? Uh, oh, man, he has got a really good... It's a uh, grapefruit coming to the yeah. batter's eye. I mean, it is... <laughs> I, concrete it, mixer? I yeah. figured it out, yes. Concrete. Yeah. Here's how we get uh, Willie Adamas on track at the trop. Have Trevor Richards throw him batting practice. Get him Love some that. confidence. Oh, yes. my God. Look at the size of this ball. Look at how it's coming in so straight. Let me crush it. Let's build some momentum with Lily Domus like that. All right. Great for, uh, great for the teacher. Great for the former teacher. And he may be a teacher after his baseball career is done. Trevor Richards. I think he'd be a fantastic teacher. Um, I'm going to go with a 65 here. Okay. Like, I mean, I can't pass... I can't pass you. Yeah. Well, a D, do you, you don't technically pass? pass you don't? I you don't. You did. D and F, you failed, bro. Well, maybe that's how they do it in Florida. In Indiana, I thought you oh, could get by with Don't D's. tell me that Florida has a higher Florida has a better education. education system. I don't than, believe that uh, at all. <laughs> even yeah. even uh, raised here in, in Florida. That's the issue. Life. You know, not to go into a t- diatribe, but uh, Florida's got a crappy uh, – 
through 12 system, but their, their college system's pretty good. That's uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Our colleges are pretty good. And that's why we went to college here, isn't it, Kevin? Uh, yeah. Among other reasons, palm trees is really the only reason <laughs> I didn't go to the, the Ivy league of Tampa, the, the Yale on Dale Mabry, the Yale on Dale <laughs> HCC. I didn't go there, but that's what they call it. USF. Yale on Dale. Um, okay. Great. You know, Trevor Richards, I am going to give him not a D, but a C minus the lowest possible 70, 70. Okay, you're still passing a C. Him. Okay. I am passing him because he was healthy and we needed innings from a guy. And like, what did we really expect for Trevor Richards? You're going to put your name on the paper. You're going to miss a lot of questions. You might get a couple, right? That was basically Trevor Richards, I think. So I, that's why I, I, he definitely I, got a couple right on my book. He got to be 65, but he's, yeah. you know, not over the bar yet. Let's I, just I say I'm too nice. I can't be too nice in these player reviews. I, I got to put my, my foot down some, in some I, episodes. I think it's safe to say this is our worst collection of players that we've reviewed 100%. at once. We've given some, some A's, some B's. We maybe have a combination of a B and a C, but I don't know if we've had really, I mean, C minus and D's really very low grade, barely above passing. So Kevin, we we've got very little chances now. I think we have up to four episodes left of player reviews. If that, so people stay tuned uh, for player reviews. They're still coming, but Fridays, of course, we always have fun on Fridays, don't we? We will have fun on Friday. We'll of course talk about uh, what the Rays did with their tenders and non-tenders. I like to call them chicken tenders. Uh, that's what they should rename it. You should have Tyson sponsor the whole non-tender tender thing, make it a show on MLB network. I'm just coming up with ideas left and right here on that note. Uh, I think it is time to end the program as a reminder, check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash raise unfiltered. That wraps up this edition of locked on Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of locked on MLB prospects. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you Friday.